Well, hello everybody. We are again. Again. We we start recorded. We start recorded this and then something very weird happened. We're not gonna attribute to anybody because that my um yeah, we're not that might speak glory. of our own idolatry. <laughs> yes. So this is uh Mario Bento, as you know. Um, Carl Thomas here. We, oh yes, I was gonna tell I was gonna blame him for giving this break for three weeks. Actually, it's not his fault, it's my, it's my fault. We are back on recording our lectionary uh devotional conversation. This is just two friends, you know, discussing what we saw during the lectionary readings of this week. Today is Saturday, June 17. We're going to talk about the week uh, from the 12th to the 18th, which is tomorrow. By the way, Carl, as yes. you present yourself again, happy Father's Day uh, that is tomorrow. And happy Father's Day to you that is tomorrow. And happy Father <laughs> to our Father in Heaven. Yes. Who is the good, who yes. is the good Father. Yes. So, so we're just going to kick it off on the twelfth because it's our hope that we don't go long this time, and and Mario, I, I don't I don't know what you got out of the twelfth, but for me there was this thread about blessed is the man it said in Psalm forty or woman who puts their trust in God, and what you know it really invites us in the hard times of life to recognize that we have a blessing that we don't see with our eyes, right? And so hmm. in in um as we continue to read. Uh, in Psalm 119, he said, um, may your loving kindness also come to me, O Lord, your salvation according to your word. And we put salvation like, are you saved? Yeah, I'm saved. And we make it all spiritual. Whereas clearly the, the psalmist was not talking about, you know, when I die, I go to heaven. Um, he's like, we need to be, I need to be saved from this current generation. I need to be saved from myself. I need to be saved from my own lusts. I, I need to be saved. Um, mm -hmm. And I need mm -hmm. to live in salvation, which led me to 2 Corinthians 6. And those of you, like, just give me a second on this. Just, just a second. Because one, um, uh, one, one of the professors that, uh, that Mario and I followed, he has a real good um, habit of debunking stuff that's popularly preached. And uh, telling you, you know, what you thought it means is not what it actually means. And so um, there, there is this, um, uh, in, in 2 Corinthians 6, there's this, what harmony is Christ with Bilal, with a believer in common, with an unbeliever, or what agreement has the temple of idols for we are to, it talks about this being unequally yoked. And um, what this scripture is clearly laying out, the, 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 the writer, Paul, he sets these five arguments up, um, what agreement, uh, what in common righteousness, wickedness, fellowship with darkness, harmony of Christ to Bilal, believer to unbeliever, what union by the temple of God with idols. And what, what Paul was trying to say was, you, you cannot be an idol worshiper and a worshiper of Christ. He was trying to get the church in Corinth to quit participating in the idolatry of the world they live in. And I think, you know, I live in South Florida where it's very affluent. Money is an idol. Fame is an idol. Beauty is an idol. Youth is an idol. And um, the gospel in South Florida is like, you got to stop running after what the world runs after and run after Christ at the same time. Um, it's not just don't go into business with an unbeliever. It's we live in an idolatrous world. And um, we got to come out from that idolatry and put our trust in God. Does that make sense? No, I mean, totally makes sense. Uh, I, I think I think 
as you talk, uh, what I hear is um, the dangers. I mean, the dangers of seeing the wrong when 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 where it's obvious. It it's it's less than seeing the dangers when it's not as obvious when we when we think it's good. Yeah. And this, bear with me. See see where I'm going. No, I see. I see where on, you're going. Go on, ahead. At some on Psalm 40, if you read Psalm 40, if you're if you're listening, you read Psalm 40. At verse two and three says, "I reached down. You he reached down like God reached down to me and heard my cry and." Out of the pit of destruction, he put me, you know, my feet on, he put my feet on the rock, footsteps are firm, a new song comes out of my mouth. What I see there is like actually somebody that had waited on the Lord and it had necessarily, not necessarily, but obvious, had a journey of, you know, blessing, a journey of, you know, out of the pit, feet on a rock, footsteps are firm, new songs in their mouth. And we will say that that is inherently good. And we will want that to be, okay, that's the, that's, and this is the problem. That's the formula. That's the formula. Yeah. And then we're going to, and then it says in verse three, and then at the beginning, it sounded good to me. It says, many will see and fear and will trust the Lord. I was like, okay. I was talking to my friend this morning about this and he gave me this idea. Uh, he said, you know, when they see me being prosperous, being out of the, out of the mud, being my feet on the rock, my footsteps are firm, singing new songs. They'll be like, Oh, now they're going to fear. And now, now they're going to, you know, they're going to trust God, yeah. which is, it, there's a way that that can be good, but there's a way that that can become an idol. We right. can, we want, we're making that's we're making it a formula. We're looking right. at the wrong thing. I'm looking at my prosperity as an idol and not as God. And when we, and when he pointed out to me in verse five, the blessing is that the Lord my God are the wonders which you have done, and in your in, in your thoughts towards me, he says, in your thoughts towards us. I think that's the blessing. That there's thoughts from God that are towards me, right. and not necessarily my journey of faith and how where do I got or why do I didn't got. I mean, of course, that can be good at some point, an example of my faith and 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 a hope to those that that those around me, but. It's very easy to take our eyes out of the and, yep. and, and that's the car that's the carnality that Paul has also called us out of to think that well to think that us obtaining the world's idol is somehow a witness to the world that they need God is deception mm. but using the power of God to obtain what the world idolizes is evil yes this is evil there you go. and and that is false light to think that I can get the idols the world has through God is evil. And then to tell the world, come worship Yahweh, Jesus, the living God, and you can obtain the world's idol is evil. That 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 is the satanic. That that is false light to me. And that's not called that because because it can be very easily confused or deceivingly confused with the blessing with, with, Oh, God is with us. I mean, we just jokingly in the beginning of this conversation, you know, let, let me, give me give you a little context. Uh, uh, Cole was trying to connect and I was saying, you know, as I've heard many times, Oh, and it wasn't able to connect. And I was like, Oh, the devil is going against us. So it means, it means something good is going to come out of this conversation. And then immediately I thought, how many times all the connections are going well, everything is going fine. And I've never thought that the devil is not against that. So right, immediately right, right, I'm right. thinking when everything goes fine means 
I'm being blessed. No, maybe the enemy is not resisting you because you're going the wrong way. Right. And and, the, and, the, and again, I don't, I don't want to beat this into the ground, but the real problem is thinking that getting what the world wants is blessed. Yes. And that's not what's blessed. What's blessed is that we have the Lord, <laughs> that, we, and, that we have a relationship with the living God. We are let let me... The, go ahead. We're good beating the dead horse. So on Tuesday, the, on, yeah. on Tuesday the 13th, I saw the same thing. I mean, we're just speaking this for the first time. I saw the, the same thing on Hosea 10, verse 1, when Hosea is is, is talking about idolatry and, and, and all that. But and if so you Hosea read 10, just verse 1. Not the 8 verse, but 10. You're you're in chapter 10, right? Yeah, 10. Yeah. Okay, Hosea, Hosea 10, so verse 1. Uh, when when If you just read that verse and you think about how do we think about prosperity, how do we think about winning, how do we think about doing the right thing and God blessing us? You know, we you might be deceived. He says, Israel in his luxuriant vines, he produces fruit for himself. I mean, that sounds good. I mean, it's a fruitful place. Yeah. You know, yeah. and the more his fruit, the more altars, altars he made. I know they're talking about idol altars, but how many times we are building altars thinking, yep. this is coming out of my fruit, so I'm good. So, yeah, that verse 1 on Isaiah 10, it's so, I mean, we can actually look at that and say, oh, how blessed I'm being. And then Hosea is calling it, you mean, read, verse 2 is, I mean, pretty harsh. And Yeah, and, and well, if we look at the Hebrews verse, in verse there you 16, go. Go ahead. he says, do not neglect doing good and sharing, for with such sacrifices, God is pleased. Now, this, I don't, I don't want to make an argument from silence, but if those are the sacrifices that please God, that means there are sacrifices that don't please God. And so what you're talking about, like we're making sacrifices that are not pleasing to God. These, these, this abundance where like, like I knew a guy but, who, who go ahead, go ahead. Just go back to Psalm 40. Exactly what you're saying. Psalm 40 verse six says, I have not desired sacrifice or meal offering. So he's just saying that he doesn't desire offering. A sacrifice, and then on Hebrews, it's interpreting and saying, uh, for such sacrifice as uh, is God, God is pleased. But then in verse 8 on Psalm 40, he says, I delight to do your will, my God. Yes. Your law is within my heart. I, I mean, I think that's why you're going, but tell me the story about your so friend. I knew a young man who got saved, he was um selling cocaine, and uh, he was very excited that his cocaine business was getting bigger. <laughs> yes. And he attributed it to tithing. Um, and I had to say, okay, let's go, him, let's go there. I had to tell him, this is not an offering that is pleasing to the Lord. I can appreciate your heart, <laughs> but this is not an offering that's pleasing to the Lord. This is all blood money. <laughs> if you have any cocaine money, give it all to God and then not, don't make any more, right? Like this is, and so, oh you know, gosh. When we when we when we satisfy the idols of this world and we say, "Oh, it's all about you, Jesus," he's like, "No, no, this is not all about me and, at and, all." And tell me, I mean, I was I was thinking about the I, a couple of years ago. I was talking about a, a different uh, same theme. You know, a friend he, a friend has a church, and uh, and and she said that every single month, uh, I think something like that, the guy comes and just puts this huge amount of money and 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 offering and goes away, and she was thinking. That she, this guy might be a, like a, and the, not a not yeah. the right business, put it like that. 
And uh, and uh, we were talking about it. How do you how do you think God will bless his business by closing it? Mm, if yeah, by, if by, yeah. By, yeah, that would be and, it, and that, yeah, that would be pleasing that, to the Lord. That would be pleasing to the Lord. Like, okay, God is blessing me by closing my business. Now, now that is that is easy to see, I will say, but let's put that to our means. Let's put that to our strategies. Yeah, you know. We we things in our lives might be closing, might be not going well, and we are like, "Oh, God is not blessing me." No, God is actually blessing you by not doing this, by 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 not giving you this. Yeah, and and, um, and and it goes back to you know we we are so baptized in this culture that we don't even see that we're wet. We we don't see that we have this idolatrous culture all over us and that the church is getting people to come to church by offering them the idols of the world we'll teach you how to have better sex we'll make show you how to get rich and how to be powerful and strong and this is all babylon and god is this god is not offering us this this is not this is mm -hmm. this is false light it is not what god is offering. Hey, let me grabbing yeah. that 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 idolatry let me let me just keep diving on that idolatry i think uh, on the text of Hebrews, I saw something that I haven't told you. It's how can we make idols out of our leaders mm. based on this text? How can we make idols out of our leaders based on this text? It says Hebrews 13, verse 7. Remember those who led you, who spoke the word of God to you. And considering the result of their faith, of their considering of their way, sorry, considering the result of their way of life, Imitate their faith. If you stop there, it can be good and I mean, can go both ways. Because yeah. now you see this guy having a hundred thousand million followers, and you're like, oh, I want to be like him. And I'm not against having followers. I'm just saying, you know. So go so, ahead. So 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 us Protestants, we're, we we look at the uh, we look at the Catholics and we see their icons. We look at the Orthodox. We see their icons and we call them idolaters, right? How, how dare you have, you know, these pictures of Mary and Joseph and, you know, mm -hmm. uh, all the, all the, the, the church fathers. And we look at it, idolatry mm -hmm. and, and what, what they have as icons, right? They, they have, um, they have, they have saints that they've venerated. So there's people who've lived an entire life faithfully after they die, they judge their life and say, this one is worth imitating, right? Now, in the Protestant church, we say we don't want to be idolaters. When we get rid of all of that, and instead of having holy men, having icons, we have celebrities. And yep. we do not see the idolatry in Christian celebrities. Uh, and it's exactly what you're saying there. So so we, I can look back at a church father and say, I want to be just like that guy. And it not be idolatry. It not be... It, it it not be that kind of human worship because the person's dead, but we will we will do everything that some guy in New York whose life we don't know, whose life has not been examined, and and we will click and like and follow and imitate and it's exactly what you say and and um, yeah and and I think the author of, the author of Hebrews solves it right on the next verse. If you think about this, think about this. He's talking about imitating the, the your leader's faith based on their life and all that. And then there's this verse like smack in the middle of everything that sounds just out of place, but it's not. I mean, uh, it's like, okay, just making sure you know, verse 8, Hebrews 13, 
Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Kind of, it, it's connecting that, like you, what you're saying. I think what he's doing, it's connecting. Say, hey, the revelation of Christ needs to be consistent in their yeah. lives, not just consistent with what they are now, but who God was, is, and will be. Yeah. So it's like when we detach somebody from the, from the reality of who Christ is, and or, or what Christ has been doing in the history of His Church, we just we just make an idol like like Moses. We read it this week. Like like when people come to Moses and they say, "Hey, give us somebody to follow," because you. You be, you you you're too connect you're you're too normal to be true. Right, right, right. And and I think um. I, I think that is I think it's by design. I think um, we look for celebrities, and you know, there's all these specials coming out now of all these celebrity pastors who turn out to be really really flawed people, and I think the average pastor that you want to follow is just not that exciting. Their life is just not that amazing. It's just. They're just people who are faithfully serving God week in, week out, are not looking for the limelight, are not dying to be on Christian television, um, just like Jesus, who was not trying to be famous in his earthly ministry. He just, time and again, I'm just going to, I just want to love people well. Yes. And 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 to, to start turning, turning the corner on this, yeah. on, on how to make, I mean, I think it would be unfaithful that we do, do at least don't try to to offer a, a a solution to this i'll go to the wednesday text again to hosea but not hosea 14 yeah i mean i, I don't want to read it all because we read 14 2 to 9 but i was i saw something there interesting and so there's verse sorry verse 1 to 9 on verse 1 and 2 i wanted to imagine this sandwich you know imagine this sand, a little sandwich you know it's it's a food language that's how it works for me on the top, you have a call to repent and return to God, mm -hmm. which is verse 1 and 2. And then on the bottom of verse 9, you have a call to understand and discern, right? Yep. So first bread, a call to repent and return to God. Second bread, a call to understand and discern. We might make that connection very fast. You know, oh, of course, you're going to repent and return to God if you if you understand. But in the middle, there's verse 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, and 8, where... I, uh, Hosea, sorry, it's talking about who God is. Yeah, like he's even uses like po poetic language about lilies and Lebanon trees and and olive trees, and so he's intimately showing who God is. For then at the end, called the understanding or discernment. So it's beautiful, like um, for us to turn around to turn away from idolatry. First of all, like you said. I mean, you haven't said it, but I think you between your lines, I see you. I saw you saying it. It's there's a need to repent and return to God, and know who God is, so we can discern where yeah. that. And then that cycle, the cycle starts again. If I know yeah. who God is and I start discerning, I repent, and then that's it. And and and, and it's that that sin issue. I saw in you know in Psalm Psalm forty, we use this. Uh, you know, we, we, this is kind of a, a, a trite, you know, he put my feet on solid ground, you know, brought me up out of the miry clay. Christians talk about that a lot, but the, but the word picture there, um, if you're in a pit of mud, you can't get yourself out. Right. And if you're ever by like the shore and it's covered the rocks are covered in moss or covered in mud, it's so easy to slip and fall. And, and God is saying like, I like, 
I'm the one who brought you out of your sin, right? You didn't do it yourself. And then when you get to the Hosea part where you're talking about the sin, he says there in verse one, you have stumbled because of your iniquity. Like you are stumbling, like you are on the slippy, slippery ground. You are not on the solid ground I placed you on. That's why you keep falling, right? And you can put your trust in horses. You can put your trust in all kinds of other things. But if you don't put your trust in the Lord, it's it's not going to work. It's 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 only God that can keep you out of sin, and and that's why yeah. Yeah. like for me, and I'm sure you'll jump in on this on Matthew, where he's like, I, I oh, like you like you sin. You think like I set up this thing where it's okay to sin as long as you can afford the sacrifice. And he's like, this is I did not want sacrifices. I've never this Sunday I just preached like a half dozen verses on how God was saying. I never wanted your sacrifices. What I want you to do is follow me. And and God's like, I took you out of sin and I put you on solid ground. I want mm-hmm. compassion out of you. I want you to love me and I want you to love people. Mm-hmm. And instead you're in this cycle of, look, God, I did the right sacrifice. Aren't you so proud of me? And he's like, no, actually stay out of sin. Yeah, On, on, the same, on that same text that I was talking about, uh, Hebrews 13, yeah. On on the text of Tuesday, it just speaking of what you said is I saw again this kind of sandwich where in verse one and two there's a call for hospitality, mm-hmm. which is exactly what God wants that you just said. Yeah. Then and on verse sixteen is what you said. You know, don't neglect the sharing. Don't neglect doing good and sharing. And 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 then the next part of that sandwich is a, a call to character. Yes. A call to to. Talking about marriage, talking about 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 uh, about money, and 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 I, over and over we. See, I mean, uh, now that you opened my eyes, and this week I see God pointing out over and over new. Uh, uh, um, I mean, pointing to us uh, yes. how idolatry can be eradicated, and then now just kind of the light turned on to me on Wednesday. I, w- I was looking at this text, you know, about Matthew twelve verse one to eight, where people when this. Um, when these Pharisees come to Jesus talking about uh, talking about the Sabbath, we're not going to talk about the Sabbath here right now. We might another yeah. day. But um, another thing that we idolatrize is work. You know, another thing that we idolatrize is doing, 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 doing. Right. And then either we go to one side of that interpretation or the other side of that interpretation. But now that you opened the eyes this week that yeah. God is talking about that. You're like I, bragging. I think, wow. Look, aren't we so awesome? We're sacrificing a day for the Sabbath. And Jesus is like, no, that doesn't make you awesome at all. None of this you makes have you lost awesome. <laughs> you have lost what really matters, which is the people. You have yeah, lost you're, you're, what you're what judging matters. people on the Sabbath, and you want me to commend you for being in judgment. No, that <laughs> no, go and learn what this means. I desire compassion. Like I'm yes. not impressed yes. with your <laughs> sacrifice. Go and learn what this means. I desire love. Like you go and yeah. learn what this means. You're, you're yes. You're, and, and, and this is what we talked about last week. Oh, I, we didn't get to talk about it, but over and over again, God is like, don't you understand? I own everything. I own all the cattle and you come offer them to me as a sacrifice. They're already mine. I'm not impressed. Nothing that you offer me is impressive because I own it all. What I want you to do, what I can't make you do is to love me. Follow me and love other people. 
Like, this is what yeah. I want you to, this is what you can do. Do that. And it might be, and it might be a little bit, um, for those that are listening this for the first time, be like, well, why does God made all those sacrifices in Leviticus? And over and over in the Old Testament, God says, it's because of you. Yes. The sacrifice is for you to clean your conscience. Again, Hebrews, no? Hebrews talks yes. about that. I'm not, they could uh, not walk in faith. And, and I have a whole bunch of scriptures where Jesus, well, where the father says in the Old Testament, like, I, I didn't, I never wanted your sacrifices. That, that was you. That, that was you. Then they're like, no, no, everybody's doing sacrifices. We need a system. All right. Well, here's your system. Look, you can't okay. keep the system. Wow. You can't wow. keep the system. Have you figured this out yet? It won't work. Wow. And so Jesus wow. had to come down and say, I'll do what your sacrifice could not do. Now go love. All right. Now get all this whole system out of your head that you can somehow make yourself righteous. Get it out of your head. Right. Follow and, me. And then, and then, wow. Now, now that you said that also, it's uh, on Friday, we had the text of act seven, which is, you know, Stephen talking about like uh, testifying about his faith and telling this beautiful scripture story. Um, and, and look what he says. Uh, I mean, I'm just going to go Good. chop it up here on verse 39, Acts 7, verse 39. There's a part where they say they turned their back to Egypt in their hearts. They yeah. turned to back to Egypt in back to their Egypt. hearts. To Egypt. They turned yeah. back to Egypt. No, they, they didn't went back, just their no. hearts. And then it says this, make what the way they turned their back to Egypt in their hearts, in their, in their heart was... Make us a God who will go before us. For this Moses who led us out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what happened with him. So they're trying to say, we need something that we need to do. We need something because this Moses is not asking us to do anything. We're, we're, just, we're just walking and being blessed and guided. We need something that we need to do. And, 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 and listen what God says. <laughs> but God turned away and gave them over to serve heavenly lights. Da, 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 da. And then God says this. Uh, Give me a verse number. It is written, verse 42. Okay. As it is written in the book of prophets, you did not offer me victims of sacrifice for 40 years in the wilderness. Did you, house of Israel? So God is saying, it is not about sacrifice, people. If it would be about doing something, I would give you something to do during these 40 years. And you haven't done so. So it means stop thinking that you have to have something that you have to do, put your hands on. So you can attach value to me. That's not how you attach value to me. It's by loving me, following me, and loving others. Yeah. I, I mean, I maybe I'm stretching powerful. this a little bit. And, and if we were to look at this scripture prophetically, right? I don't want to say this is what it says. But if we were to look at it prophetically, they confess, we don't know what happened to Moses. That's the problem. But that is the mm. Moses encountered God, and you never got that. And 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 that is what God had intended all along. We don't know what happened to Moses. Exactly. And that's why you've turned back to Egypt. That is the you problem. don't know what's happened that is to the Moses. What happened to Moses is what needs to happen to you, an encounter with the living God. And instead, they went the way of the world. We'll do sacrifices. We'll do this stuff. And God is like, y'all don't get it. You you need to know, and, and even know what happened to Moses. Let me let me say this, and I'm going to I'm going to throw a wrench here a little bit. Go ahead. But but now tell me, Carl. Go ahead. How can how can my righteousness of loving others, or what I think loving others means, can become an idol by itself? 
Right. And so this is what we have been. Do you got it? No, no. This is what we've been warned of all week, not to put our faith in ourselves. We can't like, then it just becomes another, like it's, we go back to the Psalm. He's the one who put me on solid ground and enabled me to love. He's the one, like we have to put our trust in God over and over and over again. We read this week, blessed is the one whose hope is in God, whose hope is in his loving kindness, whose trust is in his faithfulness. The moment we start moving off into, and this is what, let's talk here one prophetic person to another. This is what's wrong with the charismatic church. I'm trusting in my prophetic gift. I'm the apostle. I'm the prophet. As if somehow they don't need God anymore. And um, it's Mm. back to the idolatry. They're just right back to where the people of Israel were trusting in themselves. No, no, yeah, we're protecting. I, I heard this from my pastor this morning on, on Instagram. Uh, pastor from Portugal, he was saying, uh, We are protecting something that the devil doesn't want to attack. The devil doesn't want to attack our gifts, uh, he wants to attack our heart. Uh, you know, you can have all the gifts you want if you don't, if, if, if you don't protect your passion, what, what where your heart is, mm. go ahead and use your gifts. They're going to be well, so it's not, I mean. I give all this to the, to the to the pastor. Sorry, I can't remember his name, but well, but that, it's, well it's, I'm gonna preach that, and I'm not crediting anybody. I'm just gonna say it. That's good. <laughs> you can have all again. Let me say it again. You can have all the gifts you want. The devil is not attacking those. God, is, devil is attacking your passion because your passion, your heart, that's gonna drive where you're gonna go with those gifts that God gave you, or or you think God gave you sometimes and He didn't. But um, yeah. Let me go. Let me go see. Oh, there's something here on um. On Saturday, see how this we looks. Skip, no, we skipped Thursday. We skipped Thursday. Oh, wait, wait. Go ahead. Uh, right here. Oh, yeah, right here. Maybe this is a side note. Maybe not. Let me ahead. let me tell you what I saw yeah, on the text see. of let Exodus. Hear, let me hear. Let me hear what you saw. Exodus four, verse nineteen. I saw something I've never seen in my life. It says, "Go back to Egypt, for all the men who were seeking your life are death." This most. Very similar or what the angel tells Joseph. Oh. I was like, whoa, I've never seen that. They're very similar when Joseph is trying to, when Mary trying to figure out where to go with the baby. And he listens to this. But now let me push that analogy a little farther away a little bit. Um, and then and then they go to Egypt. And then he says, go to Egypt, verse 21. Perform before Pharaoh all the wonders which I have put in your power. So now using that analogy to talk about Christ. He did went before Pilate. He did went before the kings and performed those miracles. Different, but in the same way, he kind of resembles that guy. He, he kind of resembles Moses as he goes before, before Pharaoh. But verse this is 20, the catch. Verse 20, rode in on a donkey. Yeah, and listen to this. Go ahead. Go ahead. This is the catch. And verse 22, it says, Behold, I am going to kill your son, your firstborn. It's talking about killing the firstborn of Egypt. Right? So catch this. Jesus is the one that walks in walks in front of Pharaoh to perform the miracles, but also connects with the with the firstborn dead in in, in Egypt because he's the firstborn dead. Wow. For, for 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 us. So Jesus is saying, yes, you're gonna be before Pharaohs of this world performing the miracles that I've done you, but at the same time. You have to connect with the firstborn that are dead because of their because of their of their wickedness. So Jesus is connected with both with the with the firstborn that are dead in his himself and the miracle maker 
Moses before Pharaoh. So I don't know. I would, I would just, I'm telling you, that's too, that's crazy. I was like, what? Maybe I'm too crazy, but tell me no. how does it sound? No, no, that's, that's, that's wild. So what do you, what, when you look at the Hebrews passage from that day, um, and he talks about, um, mm -hmm. so Jesus had been counted worthy of more glory than Moses by just so much as the builder of the house has more honor than the house. Oh, wait, that's the part I wanted to say. Verse five. Now, Moses was faithful in all his house as a servant Ooh. for a testimony of those things which were to be spoken later. But Christ was faithful as a son over his house, whose house we are, if we hold fast our confidence and the boast of our firm, hope firm until the end. I, I, I just think, you know, I thought it was interesting how he talks about how Moses was counted worthy of this honor. But Christ was faithful and even more worthy. Um, and you're comparing this Christ and Moses together here where the Hebrews writer. Uh, anything you want to say about I, this I, passage of Hebrews here? No, I, I, I saw contrast. I literally marked it on my, on my, here, on my thing here. says that, God, that Moses was treated as a servant. That con the, the contrast between being a servant and between being a son. Mm. Yes. When we think... When oh, we think good. we're being good, when we think we're being good servants, we get the accolades mm. and we are being prosperous. When we being a son, we don't care too much about the inheritance because we already have it. We care about how many times our, our brothers are going to cry, our brothers are going to, or, or our father is crying because of the sons and daughters that are lost, or our father is crying or celebrating those that are coming back. So the son has a different heart than the servant in this case that's i never saw that contrast that's wild wow. yeah and uh and, and let me uh Go ahead. Go ahead. we going to friday did i talk about okay yeah yeah no no uh where is it give me a second yeah friday uh no saturday sorry i don't have i made a mark on saturday oh friday yes friday okay well, now I'm beating the dead horse on this idol thing. You made me you made me see it now. I know why I marked all this during the week. <laughs> you know, on Exodus 4, verse 31, it says, I'm not gonna read it, it says the people believed, and then they bowed and and and, and you know they bowed low and they worshiped. And then all of a sudden it happens what we just talked about. I'm sorry, no, uh Stephen looking at this passage, and, and he's explaining the passage, we just talked about it. It's like they went from believing, seeing something legit that, that, that Moses was doing, to literally turning away because mm. they missed what Moses was doing, like you said. So I guess I'm just making the connection between the Exodus text on, on Friday that I wasn't making before, uh, that we already talked about Act mm. 7. So And I just, I just want to point out, um, you know, we, we're hitting Psalm 100 a couple times here. And yes. um, the goal of our salvation is is joy right like we should be able to to live in joy knowing that god is our god and so um you know, shout joyfully for the lord all the earth serve the mm -hmm. lord with gladness come before him with joyful singing know that the lord himself is god um there there's this uh there's a a, a threefold over and over again there's this threefold pattern in in psalm 100 um but we don't, I don't want to, I don't want to beat a dead horse here, but over and over again, we see this threefold pattern. Um, but know that the Lord himself 
is God. It is he who made us, not we ourselves. We're his people, the sheep of his pastor. And so there's this, this joy, like Christianity is supposed to make us happy, right? Not, not always is it going to be pleasing in our flesh, but when we come into a actual relationship with the living God and we get it settled in our heart that he is our God, he has us, like he's got me. Like when I begin to take this, the, the brave steps of turning away from idols and valuing what God values for me, then all of a sudden I start to get a joy that the world can't give me. Like a million oh. likes on Instagram is not going to give me the joy that the Lord wants to give us because that joy actually brings us into his presence. Whereas a new car is not going to bring us into his presence. I just wanted to talk about Psalm 100 there real quick. Okay, wait. Get, keep that keep that rejoicing as a theme. And I'm making the turn. Go I'm going to I'm going to Sunday. If you don't have anything on Saturday, Saturday. I'm going to make it the turn and go to Sunday because think go about to Sunday. This. Go to Sunday. Yeah, 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 yeah. Go to Sunday. Yeah, go to Sunday because we we, we promise it's going to be short and we already yeah. go for it. You know how it is. So you you were saying mm -hmm. that there's a way that we can about the joyful of the Lord, right? Mm -hmm. About being joyful in God. Yeah, yeah. And the Genesis passage on Sunday is Genesis 18, 1 to 15. And it's a story about Abraham and Sarah and how God visited them and all that and promised them um, Isaac. And you remember the story, uh, yeah. Sarah, verse 13, Sarah laughs, right? And that bothers uh, the angel or, you know, the, the revelation of God there, Jesus, I would say, whatever. Shall, shall I need... And it says that why Sarah laughed. Though verse thirteen, Sarah laughed. Pay attention now. Now verse sixteen, Sarah says this. Now Sarah said, "God has brought laughter to me. Everyone who hears will laugh with me." Mm. I saw this contrast between there's a way that I can laugh, be happy, that I'm taking a that I'm taking hold of it. Let me explain it. When Sarah laughs because she listens, she hears that she's going to be pregnant. She's like, she's controlling the laughing. She's like, huh, funny. I'm not going to get pregnant. You know, she's provoking the laugh. She's making a decision to laugh because it's just funny on her thoughts. And, but now when she talks about God, verse six, 21, uh, sorry, Genesis 21, six, when she says, God brought me a laughter. It's a kind of laughter that she's not controlling. She's just happy because she's happy. She's not. She's not trying to control. There's, so there's a way that I can laugh and rejoice, mm. but I, I but I get a hold of it. I'm getting a hold of what what makes me laugh. But there's a way of rejoicing in God that that I just rejoice. I mean, if you laugh uncontrollable, you will know that you just you can't control it. I mean, you just you yeah, just yeah, think yeah. it's funny. You just go. So. Tell me about how does that sound and contrasting well, I, with the I happiness think, think, you were talking about. I think it's this contrast between the ways of the world and the ways of God. You know, the Romans mm -hmm. passage, it says God demonstrates his love toward us. And we say, by giving me the car that I wanted, God demonstrates his love by giving me what the world wants. But that's not what it says. God demonstrates his love toward us. And while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. 
He enabled us to become followers of God, to put our trust in him. That is how he demonstrated his love toward us. That, that's the opposite of the idolatry of the world. He, that is how he demonstrates his love. And mm. so I counsel people and they're like, oh, I want a God to do this. And he didn't I'm like, that's, that's, that's not God. There is a putting your joy in the gift of God and yes. in his love and his salvation. And yeah. Then, let me, let, let me say this real quick the, the, on, on Sunday, Romans five, see if, see if you approve this, this go idea. Go ahead. Cause I had this thought like two weeks, two months ago, and I want to put it before you and before yeah, let's, the yeah. people that are listening. Okay. Romans five, one to eight, it says, um, well, we know this text, you know, uh, verse three, and not only that, but we boast, but we also boast in our sufferings, knowing that our suffering produces endurance, endurance, character, character, hope. And I was, and then hope does not disappoint. And I was thinking, okay, wait, somebody that has, that has suffered and endured and has a character, there's no need for hope there anymore for that person. Mm. She, I mean, she or he already developed hope. She had suffered, endured. And had a character. And I was thinking, why, why is this, for who is this hope for? And immediately clicked to me, that hope is for those around us. So mm. it's not my winning. It's not my car. It's not my blessing, whatever I call blessing. It's that while I suffer and endure and my character is transformed, I produce hope to those around me. What hope? A hope in verse two, go back. A hope that we are sharing in the glory of God. Our hope. So when, 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 and yes, I'm arguing that us Christians, us followers of Christ, we are more witnessing Christ's love when we are suffering than we, than when we are winning. Mm. And we're not going to talk about that, but we don't teach people or we don't, we're not taught or we don't want to be taught on how to dwell in suffering so we can become a witness Right. And be hope for those around us. We rather just show how things are going well for us in our terms. I think that I think that's that really brings back to what we started with. So <clears throat> people want to be a witness to the world, and they think getting the things the world wants makes us a witness. And the scriptures have told us, mm. as we've studied today, that is not it. But because what the world really wants is Jesus. Everybody wants a king like Jesus. Everybody wants a God like Jesus. And if we will, like what you talked about, the attack, if we will withstand the attack, we'll get to the place where we no longer see the attack, but we move on to hope. And now we're living in the same turmoil as the world, but we're not shaken. We actually have hope. And the world desperately wants hope. I would mm -hmm. agree. Mm -hmm. They desperately yep. want hope. Yep. Yep. And Amen. to and to finish, of course, we have to talk about the the a little bit about the, the text, um Matthew text for Sunday. And uh, and again, this is through my conversation with Colin. And uh, and this is when Jesus sends that the 12, you know, he's sending yeah. them and he and he says this. Um he says this, I'm gonna send you out. You know, you, we can argue that let me listen, let me let me read this. Um let me let me find it. Uh, uh, okay, verse thirty six, Matthew nine thirty six. When he saw the crowds, he felt compassion for them because they were hazard 
harassed, sorry, harassed and helpless like a sheep without shepherd. So if, if Jesus considers them sheep without shepherd and he's sending them the 12, we, it, I think it's, it's fair to say that he's sending them those kind of shepherds. And I'm going to send those 12, those, those guys that be, that be walking with me so they can become your shepherd because he's the shepherd. He's sending shepherds to shepherd them. And then look what he says. I mean, assuming that that can be true, that he's sending these shepherds. Look the way he sends the shepherds. Because he says, verse 16, Matthew 10, 16. See, I'm sending you out like sheep into the midst of the wolves. So he's sending shepherds like sheep. He's not sending shepherds with guns to kill wolves no nope. he's sending shepherds like sheep in the midst of them so you can so you can be wise like a serpent and innocent like the dove so again we project again you said um, that 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 really is true like uh stuck to me when you said uh, in the middle of the conversation the pastors and the people that we really inspired us the ones that really have the heart of god they just don't care they might be famous they might not they just don't care about that. You see that they are people that that they are sheep among the sheep, becoming shepherds to us, and 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 I mean that can be not that can be more through uh, than the to the life of Jesus. So I, we kind of I kind of see that with with Colin this morning. I was very uh, pleased that That's uh, good, man. Jesus is not hiding. Jesus is not hiding. He he is our vulnerability. He's yes. not. We are. He's not. Yep. That's good. That's good. I'm going to well, talk at length uh, tomorrow. At tomorrow, I'm going to teach at length on this passage. And uh, I did some exegetical work in the Greek that I think is going to be exciting. And I would share it with you, but I'm preaching it tomorrow. So uh, I, I got to, you know, I can't write another message. So I gotta, people got to tune in to catch it. Uh, but it's good. Again, again, Carl, before we go, before we pray. Just tell us again, where were you pastoring again? Yeah, hey, Pastor Revival Life Church in Boca Raton, Florida. You can catch me online at carlthomas.net. Uh, church is revivallife.church. I'm on all And what stuff. Carl really needs, and what Carl really needs, and his church really needs, and mine, and our, and mine too, the church that I serve to, is prayer. Yes. Please prayer and intercede pray. for us. Intercede fast, for the people that we serve. Fast if the Lord intercede. tells you to. Go ahead and fast as well. If the yes, Lord, yes. Know. Intercession, intercession, please, Absolutely. please, please. We 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 plead you that uh, you you pray for us. Yes. Okay. Want you, you uh, like Carl? I would like prayer? for us to pray. Yeah, go ahead. Yes, I will. I will. I mean, I've I've been giving you the honor to pray. Thank you for giving it back to me. Um, so let's pray, dear God. Um, thank you for your Holy Spirit that you, as you walk with us, you are by the hand, trying to show us just like a father walking through a museum. Showing us our idols. Yes. Lord. So let us grab you by the hand and walk through those to those aisles of that museum of our lives, and seeing that even that those things are beautiful and they're well preserved, they're not you. They don't resemble you. Those blessings that, that those things that we consider blessing, they might become an idol. So God, be with us all the time. Allow your Holy Spirit to um, be as close to us as we can perceive God and, and let us uh, understand what are the parts of our heart that are, um, are falling into idolatry. Yeah. I pray that we will repent as we figure that out, that we will repent and turn away from those things 
and that we will focus on you and, and the things are important for you, God. Thank you. Thank you for this conversation, God. Thank, Thank you, you because Lord. your life, your your word is a life and um, it's going to transform us as we, even as we talk about it, it's just incredible and Thank you. As we pray about and think about it this week, we love you. And I pray for those that are listening and uh, pray for our church and for those that we serve. Uh, God, have mercy on us every single day. Amen. And we love you and we praise you and we trust you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, bless you, Mario. See you next week, uh, hopefully.